0: The mother watches as her child becomes a monster. The child speaks in many voices, talks about the end of days. The mother keeps her child alone, locked in a room at an inn. She watches the door, a dagger at her side. Under her breath, in between prayers to every god that will hear her, she says two words. Hurry, Von der From Elderblade Productions, this is Echoes of X Season, Episode 10, One Last Gambit. pierced man rested a hand on top of Black Sun's case. It thought carefully on my words. The temple was quiet as a tomb. Thou wouldst turn Black Sun against itself. Can it be done? I pressed. The storm of umber liquid was still pounding at the inside of the case to get to my hand. I wielder. Yet such power shall not avail thee without a price. Name it, then. The pierced man gestured to the tangled cluster of souls depicted in the mural beneath our feet. The frayed knot. Black Sun is not a single weapon. It is an arsenal. And each arm is powered by a fragment of ellipsis itself. As such, The weapons are all intertwined with one another, with Ellipsis, and with everything to which Ellipsis is bound. I realized where he was going. My gaze was lost in the mural as I put the pieces together under my breath. It's kin, I breathed. All of ellipsis's kin are linked to the weapons as well. Kill one kill the others. The words made me sick to my stomach. A flood of faces rushed to my mind. Dinarthi, the Four, Quinn. All of them would die, along with myself. Maybe even Azold too, and the mist with her. Of course, it would also take out Starsired, wipe out an unstoppable fright, and rid Exesar of an unbeatable weapon. Leona, too, I remembered, and my stomach folded in on itself. Leona would die. There... there has to be a way, I said, pacing the length of the mural and rubbing my temples. Gods, this can't be the only way. I can't fail them all like this again. Ah, for a mortal to know but a sliver of my woe. How canst thou decide who lives and dies, wielder? The question wrapped around my neck like a noose. I couldn't breathe. Of course I knew what had to be done, and yet... I knew I didn't have it in me. Leona... To come so far only to lose her again? And what of the others? They placed their hope in me, only to meet their deaths at my own hand. I cursed the insidiousness of it all. Victory was within reach, yet beyond my grasp. It was like a game of brigand stone. The prize deceptively simple to reach, yet barred by so many invisible traps. My pacing slowed. The image of the brigand stone game remained fixed in my mind. I recalled my last game with Isolde, the way she saved up her gambits, the way she directed my focus where she wanted it. Ellipsis is near the stone. I'm the only brigand left on the board, but I still have one last gambit left. Our conversation was interrupted by the sound of cannon fire. The temple shook violently as the volleys struck. It felt like it did before at the bottom of the mine shaft. Only this time I suspected who was behind it. Battle cries came from outside. They were accompanied by a thousand footsteps marching. Alzarian technology hummed and warbled in the air. A woman shouted in the kick language. All at once, the chaos halted. Sharp stillness followed. Starsired, I whispered. She's here. I crossed to the black sun casing. I turned to the pierced man. How do I use it? What dost thou plan to do? I laughed despite myself. The gods really don't know everything, do they? If thine will is set, I shall open the case. Yet be wary, wielder. Once Black Sun merges with thee, it will never let go. It shall prey upon thine zeal for justice, till it becomes wanton wrath." My eyes glanced outside. Grinwald, can you influence this battle, just this once? Will you turn the tides to favor me and my friends?" The tides rule themselves, as do battle's wielder. The pierced man raised its stone hand above the glass casing, curling it into a fist. Its marbled face met mine. For the briefest moment, I could swear its lips were tinged upward in a smile. However, as to my influence... Wherefore doth thou think thou art here? It smashed the case. Glass cascaded across the mural stone floor. Following it was an eruption of thick, black liquid, rising in a towering whorl and descending upon me. Before I could move, the black sun latched onto my arms like a leech. It felt like molten metal searing my flesh. I screamed, crumpling to the ground and thrashing in pain. It hurt so much I thought it would drive me mad. Then, as quickly as it came, the pain left me. I looked at my arms. They were sheathed in an onyx-hued coat of flexible metal. I felt a low hum of energy emanate from them. When I moved, it sounded like two apes scraping during an on guard. I balled my hands into fists, and thought of the first weapon that came to mind. Instantly, the metal around my hands liquefied and spread forth, forming a pair of longswords. I concentrated again, and the longswords collapsed into liquid metal, congealing once more into the shape of a war axe. Alright, at least it works, I thought. Now for the hard part. The end of the world greeted me. The temple transported me outside. When its blue light faded, I saw the Kikte army standing at attention. Their ranks filled the streets of Grinvaldian. Sky-touchers occupied the air. Flying machines accompanied them armed with Alzarian cannons purring with energy. Half the city was decimated. What remained of the city's constructs lay in a sparking, stuttering heap by the foot of the temple stairs. Near the heap, I saw my friends huddled together, bloodied and beaten, but alive. At the front of the army was a kiktay in silver armor, The tips of her wings were black, star-sired. She made no motion upon seeing me. If she registered that I had black sun covering my arms, she gave no indication. Of course, her kin, our kin, was no doubt watching as well. We were like an oil painting for a time, watching each other, waiting. I'm still in control, I noted. Isolde must still be holding out. But she can't have much longer. Perhaps they were content to simply wait. Isolde would fall eventually, and I would fall with her. For all the power Black Sun gave me, I couldn't attack without risking my friends or giving in to bloodlust. It was a true stalemate. For now. Closing my eyes, I focused my mind on the shade. In my mind's eye, I called out to it, pictured my spirit splitting, existing in a realm barely removed from the real, while my body carried on. I am Claude Von der, I thought, kin of the Ebon Mist. I seek the in between of worlds. I seek solace from my enemies, and secrets beyond sight. I seek the shade. Time slowed down around me. Two worlds filled my senses, the real world and the shade. My spirit form hovered above my physical body, observing the shade as though it were written in invisible ink all over existence. It did not take me long to realize that Black Sun had not carried over to the Shade. Staring down at the weapon in the real world, I hesitated. It was likely what would happen if I attempted this. There would be no going back. I am Claude Van Der, I thought again. I seek audience with my master, the Fright Ellipsis. I flinched, as an ethereal screech pierced the silence. My spectral form looked to the sky. A swarm of cravers dove for the platform atop the temple stairs. They landed directly in front of me, flapping and hissing in a maelstrom of claws and fangs. The army took no notice. This was indeed happening in the shade. I supposed this was a form Ellipsis had chosen, perhaps to intimidate me, a way of reminding me of its near total control over the mist. My suspicions were confirmed when the Cravers spat out a bloodied figure from within their swarm. She landed at my feet, broken and twisted, a study in wounds. Isolde, I cried. It It is time, Claude Vonder, declared Ellipsis from within the swarm. Your protector is broken. In moments, we will take you for ourselves. We will find our missing pieces and become whole. We will have justice for our enslavement. This world will know pain beyond description. I know, I replied. I know we've lost. But I still have a few moments of freedom. And now I've got one of your toys to play with. Concentrating, I directed my physical body to move. The swarm watched as my hands opened and Black Sun turned to liquid. The liquid gathered into the palms of my hands, forming a large ring. It was identical to the ones in the chests of the constructs, but this one was larger, by tenfold. It balanced perfectly in my hands, thanks to the Black Sun's influence. The air around it tingled, as the space within the ring started to hum, snap, and groan with electric energy. Star-Syred's army responded, arming themselves in unison. They took defensive stances on the ground, while the air units poised to rush the temple. Star-Syred held a hand up, telling them to hold. The swarm faced me again. This will accomplish nothing. You will kill those you love and yourself. And we will remain. True. But as powerful as you are, you still need pawns to do your bidding. What would happen if they were all wiped out right now? There is one Thrall who is not here. The girl. Ellipsis seemed to sneer at the mention of Leona. We were kin, after all. And it knew how to hurt me. We will bring her here. Use her to find our missing pieces. Are you sure? I asked coolly. Her mother's going to keep her safe from you, even if that means killing her. And even if you succeed, how long will that take? I can bury this city all over again. It could be decades before you find it. Unless you want your little family reunion postponed indefinitely... I suggest we make a deal. That got its attention. The Craver swarm took flight, spinning a circle around Isolde and I. Their shrieks brought me to my knees. I cried out as their talons tore into my spectral back. You dare, dare threaten, threaten us! We are the maw of eternity. eternity. Insurmountable. Insurmountable. We, we can kill, kill you both. They brush our fingers. (laughs) Ignoring the pain, I focused on my physical body, ordering it to arm the weapon. The black sun ring charged up. The army flinched as the ring spouted wild arcs of black lightning, threatening to blow. How fast is that? I shouted over the swarm. Because I bet I'm faster. My voice was swallowed up by the monster's screams It couldn't hear me, I thought, or doesn't care. I clutched Isolde's hand and shut my eyes, preparing for the end. It never came. The Cravers retreated, gathering once more in a swarm in front of us. They looked all the more ominous, framed against the backdrop of my doomsday weapon crackling behind them. (sighs) Very well, mortal. What are your terms? I stood up, wincing from about two dozen lacerations on my spectral form. The cravers were efficient. Thank the gods my bluff worked, I thought. I wasn't sure now whether I could actually have fired the weapon before they killed me. You release your bond with my friends, I declared. Quinn, The Four, Denarthi, Leona. And you cease your attack on Isolde. Pointless. I will nearly take them again, sooner or later. Call it sentimentality. I want to give them all a few more moments of freedom before the end. And in return? I will end my contract with Isolde, and pledge myself to you entirely. She's too weak now to force me to stay. I pointed to Star-Sired. I will kneel before her and do it in front of everyone. That way my friends will know it's actually over. Von der came a faded voice. Isolde touched my leg with a trembling hand. She looked up at me with her owl's eyes. What? What are you doing? What I must, I said. Like you told me. (laughs) Surrender in the name of sentiment. An appropriate symbol for the death of your kind. Do you accept? We accept, Claude Von der I'll need proof. A moment later. I heard a man yelling from somewhere near the Kikte army. Near Starsired, a frail man stumbled out into the street. He gripped the sides of his head, chest heaving. He looked tired and distraught, yet elated beyond measure. It was Dinarthi. He belted out a raspy, blissful laugh as he shambled down the street. I'm free, he screamed. Tears streamed down his face. Aiden be praised. Aiden most holy. I'm free. His words distracted me from the sight of wings approaching the top of the temple staircase. Stormdreamer had flown up to my physical body. His flying was unstable, and I noted his midnight blue wings were punctured and frayed from battle. He landed next to my body, trying to get my attention. Von der he yelled over the crackling of black sun. Von der, what is this? What is happening? I took a closer look at his arms. Sure enough, the mark of ellipsis, the three blood red dots, were gone. That's as much assurance as I'm likely to get, I thought. I looked to the Craver Swarm. Pleasure doing business with you, I said tersely. F- von der Isold gripped my leg as tightly as she could. Don't do this. Kneeling, I pulled her hand off me. I'm sorry, I said. And with that, I quit the shade. Rejoining my body, I dismissed the Black Sun Ring. Ignoring Storm Dreamer's questions, I descended the stairs. Dinarthy's joyful cries echoed through the silent streets. Reaching the bottom of the stairs, I saw Quinn and the rest of the four out of the corner of my eye. A mixture of shock and outrage covered their faces. I did not acknowledge them. I simply walked down the street, towards the Kikte army, towards Star-Sired. The Kiktay general greeted me with a smug grin. I could not be sure how much of it was really her or Ellipsis working through her. I supposed it didn't matter now. I felt my knees in front of her. The smell of ancient dust, exhaust, and metal filled my nostrils. Jets, flapping wings, and Danarthi's laughter rang in my ears. My heart crawled into my throat. Under the gaze of an army, I spoke. I, Claude Van Der, do renounce my contract with Isolde of the Ebon Mist. My voice was strained, as though my own throat was trying to stop me from saying the words... I ordered Black Sun to retract from my right hand, and offered it up to Star-Sired. I hereby surrender myself to Ellipsis. Take of my hand, and I will become his willful thrall until the end of my days. Don't do it, Von Der came Quinn's voice. Her words froze time a moment. They soon faded overtaken again by Dinarthi's laughter. Starsired began to laugh. I looked up at her. Her smile twisted wide, far wider than should be possible. A carnal hunger possessed her eyes, similar to when Dinarthi spoke to me in Queen Songwake's study. When she spoke, it was with the many voices of a demigod. From behind me, Dunarthy's laughter shattered into tearful wails and pleas for mercy. We, we said, said we, we would teach, teach you, God Von dare. This is, is who you are when the words fail. The words fail. Now silence will, will reign. Star Sired gripped my hand. Her expression melted from satisfaction to confusion as she soon found nothing happening. Confusion became anger when she realized she could not let go. My hand had fused onto hers. Soon after, my fingers became liquid and spread up her arm. She tried to recoil, but it was like her arm was suddenly stuck in a block of ice. My arm melted with my hand, then my shoulder, my torso. Horror dawned on Star Sired's face, Ellipsis's face, as she saw my skin turn onyx black. I smiled at her, before my face melted away, the face I had given to this decoy, constructed with black sun. Back at the temple, The army watched another spark of blue light shoot out from the etchings of the doors. Murmurs of fear and wonder spread among the soldiers as I emerged again. I watched from the temple doors as my decoy bathed star-sired in liquid metal, covering every inch of her, solidifying. As the metal swallowed her face, she screamed, and Ellipsis screamed with her. So loud, I thought it would bring the cavern ceiling crashing down. I knew what I was about to do. I knew what it would mean for me. I was still kin of Ellipsis. Star Sired had not actually touched my hand, so by my terms, I had not yet relinquished my contract with Isolde. But she would not be able to protect me now. She had done enough. Now, I would return the favor. I had regrets. More than I could count. Nyx and his family knew Alzar, the destruction of the Ebon Mist. I'd spent my life a coward, a brigand trying to steal back my own mistakes but at least this brigand got the stone in the end. I raised my right arm towards Starsired, hand open. Blue, white, red, flip, I said. I closed my fist. The metal sheath around Starsired exploded in a white-hot blaze. Immediately, I was struck with blinding pain. From within my soul, I heard the blood-curdling scream of a thousand voices. Ellipsis was dying. At the same time, my heart stopped cold, and I collapsed. Everything in my body felt like it was on fire. My body seized on the ground. The whole world rumbled, and explosions blasted across the entire city. The same white-hot eruption. It must have been the remainder of the Black Sun weapons. From the corner of my eye, I watched as what remained of Star Sired's army retreated. My vision began to fade. I felt my grip on life slipping. I tried not to think about Quinn or the others. About whether or not they would survive. I'd done my best to protect them to protect Ex Caesar, I could do no more. There was nothing left but the end. I felt someone grabbing my arms. It was Storm Dreamer. Picking me up. He took flight, carrying me down to the others. But strangely, I didn't follow. I watched him carry my physical form away, and realized something held me back. My spirit. I was in the shade again. Looking down at my feet, I saw Isolde was there. She was where I'd left her, gripping my leg. There was a smile on her face, tinged with sorrow. Well played. She grunted. Give it a few Aeons. You'll catch up. I wheezed. A flare of pain sent me reeling backwards. My back arched uncontrollably. I looked to Isold again. I'm sorry I couldn't save everyone. Don't worry, Von said Isold, pursing her lips. You will. As she spoke, I noticed the pain subsiding. At the same time, Isolde began to yelp and moan. I saw a white energy emanate from her hand into my spectral body, curing my pain. Understanding struck me, and I looked at her, mortified. I... Isolde of the Ebon Mist to take on the contract of Claude van der I am kin of Ellipsis. Isolde, what are you? With a near-feral groan, old forced herself to her feet. As she rose, I saw her flesh begin to crumple away like kindling turning to ash in a fire. She gave me her hand, and I saw her fingers wilt away, leaving trails of smoke in their wake. You will finish what you started. Cracks began to form in Isold's face. Smoke seeped out. Her owl-like eyes shriveled and blazed red like embers. It's too late for me. Stop this war. Save your friends. Save Leona. Isold, you, you can't. Let me go. You can't die for my mistakes. Isolde took my hand in hers. Her arm crumpled away into ash, and her smoke began to envelop my body. All that remained of her face were two ember coals in the center of a smoke cloud. I met them with tearful eyes. His old, please, Vontaire. If you come across a man named Arik, tell him I'm sorry. I couldn't make our date is old you can't die for me you can't die her body vanished completely the ember coals went out my spectral form was engulfed by the smoke one last phrase breathed into my ears the mist will never die i shot upwards in a torrent of smoke. The torrent caught up with Stormdreamer and my physical body, and swallowed them too. Explosions continued to rattle Grinvaldian, and from above I saw boulders begin to fall from the cave ceiling. As the city was buried around us stone by stone, the smoke cloud dove for the street. Quinn, Dinarthy, Tosca, Doran, and Fion huddled together awaiting the end his old smoke cloud swept them up as well the din of avalanches and hellfire faded into the distance replaced one last time by the echoes of excaesar seagulls on the beach brass gongs striking children playing samiji in a field Bubbling pots and knives chopping. Clockwork machines buzzing and whirring. Prayers to every god living or dead. Songs, vows, speeches. Laughter, footsteps in mud. The clattering of wooden spoons on dinner plates. My own words on a cold night. Lying bloody by the foot of a mist door. I am your arrow to be aimed. A pinprick of light opened up in the darkness. We fell through and landed on hard-packed dirt. I was in my physical body once more, injured and exhausted, but alive. Quinn, Denarthi, and the four were with me. Gathering my bearings, I surmised that we were on a rocky forest path, just outside of Cragfall. It was twilight. A pillar of smoke billowed out in the distance, and we could hear panicked chattering of the townsfolk as they surveyed the avalanche in the mountains. I looked at my forearm. The mark of Ellipsis was gone, as was the mark of the ebon mist. Von Der. Said Quinn, a look of dismay on her face. What? What happened? In a nearby tree, an owl chirped softly. Isald, I whispered. Isald is dead. Echoes of XC is written, produced, and performed by Nick Walker. Sound effects courtesy of GarageBand. For questions or comments, email us at echoes gmail.com.